Hey guys, do you have time for a private, heartfelt discussion before we begin the show? Of course, Nady Stardust. We always have time to chat with the guy who invented wearing a scarf when it's chilly outside. Yeah, Nady Stardust. Speaking with you is sweeter than Cool Whip casserole. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, but I made one teeny tiny mistake in last week's intros, and now I feel like a fool and an idiot and a buffoon. Make your mouth be closed and listen here, you precious gemstone. You're so smart it would make Sir Isaac Newton puke. Yeah, you precious gemstone, polished to radiant perfection. You're so smart it would make a lot of historical geniuses hurl all over the place. I know, but if I don't get the intros right this week, you guys are going to have to bully me, okay? Okay, we promise. Yep, we promise. Go ahead and open your new scripts and let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and I'm just a normal lady with nothing crazy going on. Oh, hold on. I think I got me a big one. Kate, are you fishing right now? I'm getting a lot of splashing and reeling in my headphones. Is that you? No way! I'm just a normal lady sitting at home. I'm definitely not deep sea fishing right now. Well, I'm satisfied. If Kate says she isn't fishing, then I believe her. Wait a minute. Nobody said anything about the sea, let alone the deep part of the sea. Okay, you got me. I was going to do some light deep sea fishing while we record the show, but now I've put away my fishing rod and you have my complete attention. Thank you, Kate. We appreciate that. Ooh, mama! This is going to be the biggest fish I've ever caught. She's fighting me with everything she's got. Woo! I won't quit until I reeled her into the boat. She's still fishing, Nate. No, I'm not. I'm just sitting here. Stop lying, Brent. Yeah, Brent, stop lying. Speaking of liars, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent, but you might know me better as Broadway Brent. Uh-oh, he's about to say something wacky. He's building up steam like a freight train. I love trains. They are really cool, and uh, you are really cool for liking them. Okay, okay, back to me now. I'm Broadway Brent, head theater critic for the Nova Scotia City New York Times. <laughs> Damn, the NSCNYT? That's a very prestigious newspaper. Yeah, it's one of the most famous newspapers in all the world. Better be careful or I will give the show a bad review and have you shut down faster than the production of Othello, where Kermit the Frog plays Othello, but everyone else is human. But we're a podcast. Yeah, and you're on the show, so it would hurt you too. Listen, I'm tired of all the sass I've been getting lately, so I'm putting you both on notice. Clean it up. Or I'll shut this di- whole thing down faster than the non-musical production. <laughs> I'll shut this whole thing down faster than the non-musical production of Greece. Okay, okay, we'll behave ourselves. Yeah, we'll be so good. That's better. Do you want to say one more failed theater production to round out the intro? I'll shut this thing down faster than the one-man adaption of Twelve Angry Men, where Nate plays all the men. <laughs> It's not funny, Brent. I pour my heart and soul into that performance.
this is what it sounds like when we do a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. And right in the name of our show is a hint about what is important to us. And uh, Friends comes before Movie Club. So I got to ask you two friends, how are we doing? How are we doing? Well, we, we little behind the scenes magic we recorded two days ago. So not much, we didn't have much time <laughs> for things to happen. Um, the only update I have is I remember uh, a couple months ago when I poisoned myself with the fungus. Oh my God, I was thinking about that today and during my long meeting. Oh my God, go on. I'm sorry. Didn't wash your water bottle. I just assume the water keeps it clean. Like, you know, like a natural source. You added sugar to it. You ha- you put Mio in it. Yeah, that's right. So that's what hits the mold. You're feeding the mold that way. Yeah. I think you got to wash it either way. Certainly. Yeah, but certainly. like in nature, in nature, like natural springs, they, they go, it goes across rocks and dirt and through sand. But they don't have sugar in them. Oh, I'm sure there's a little bit of sugar somewhere that picks up. Dead frogs that goes through all that stuff. Um, <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry to interrupt it. Yeah, I bring it up because I washed. I, t- I said, I got to take a look at my water bottle yesterday. And I, I got really inside of it, like inside the, the top, mm-hmm. like where it screws on. Sure. It was fucking bad, guys. Mm. It was black as black can be <gasps> and muddy texture. Oh. And I cleaned it. And I drank out of it yesterday, and I don't feel like I have a little baby uh, chimpanzee sitting on my chest anymore. Starting to feel better. That is so. Crazy. This is this was a second poison. I wonder if it happened again. Yeah. 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 It has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it had. I think it might have happened again. I should have took pictures and sent it in the group. No. That's <laughs> no. okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I have to. I'm. I want to share myself with you guys. That's fair. So, you know, good point. Can you can't blur it roses. out for me, though? No, absolutely not. You get the full experience, or you get no experience at all. Send me the picture, but blur out the mud. I think it's hilarious that you are the person with this problem when Nate and I are much less clean day-to-day than you are. Yeah, when we're filthy little animals. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are like the natural springs. You, you guys can flow to the dead frog and come out clean on the other side, where I'm so <laughs> clean all the time that if I get a dead frog, uh... I feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get yeah. your guys. It's like a dead frog in the pool versus a dead frog in exactly. the street. You sure. guys built up this tolerance to to grime and mud and dust and dirt and <laughs> microbes. And I do have a I do have a high grime yeah. tolerance. Your grime tolerance is off the charts. My they grime call- tolerance. <laughs> what they call that what? I was gonna say they call me mildew, but I <laughs> <laughs> This is do. Um yeah, so my grime tolerance is like it's like I've been on antibiotics my whole life, so like a common cold could kill me. So I think that's it. So I'll, I'm going to stay proactive with it. I'm going to keep cleaning it more often. That is, I think, a good idea, Brent, because actually what new studies are showing is that it is not our brains that impact our mood. It's actually our gut. So not if you're kind of not paying attention to like ingesting these specific type of mold stuff into your gut that might also be impacting your mood mm. and today I woke up in a really really good mood and I had energy for the first time in two weeks but I remember that the other night we recorded and uh, the last episode I talked about depression and how I ate nine chicken fingers and um, 
a half a pan of squares. I finished recording and I walked out in the kitchen and Melissa and Jeremy were eating the uh, knockoff version of McDonald's chicken nuggets out of the air fryer. And I ate some. That's okay. Mm -hmm. As you should. As you should. If anything, I would say that might have contributed to your uh, getting better. Well, I just found it funny how I complained for two hours on a podcast about eating nine chicken fingers. And the very first thing I did after said podcast was eat chicken fingers. Well, that tracks. So, but I woke up, I feel like such in a better mood than I was Monday. And I don't think it's going to come across in the episode that I was in a bad mood. But I wasn't in a bad mood. I was just down. Mm, but I yeah, feel better. I could tell. But I think you're right that I th- you're still hilarious. You That doesn't impact it. It's my defense mechanism. Absolutely. Apparently. Why are we all here? Nate is depressed as fuck. And he's hilarious. I would be hilarious in a hostage situation. In a hostage situation, I would be fucking hilarious. What do you... Why is that coming up? I don't know. It just kind of popped <laughs> into my brain, so I said it. No, I think this makes sense because even when he's down, yeah. like he'd be a little bit bummed out if he got kidnapped, you know, like we all would. But even when he's down, he's still going to be, he's still going to be ripping You him. said that you could tell I was down, but I was still hilarious. Whereas in a mm. hostage situation, I would be, everybody would be down, but I would still be cracking him out. I saw on the internet yesterday, it was like a, a in this day in history or something. And it was a guy who was on a plane who got hijacked and he thought he was going to die. And he took a selfie with the, the hijacker and it turned out that as well. Yes. And did you see what he, he was just beaming. He was happy. Yeah. He was happy. He was like, he met his, like an athlete. And that was the it's, fakest looking bomb on the vest situation. Absolutely. Ever. So maybe he knew that. Like yeah, maybe like, he saw that it was actually just that's silly. Why he started smiling. <laughs> He saw it in the lens, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Even the terrorist with the bomb strapped to him was smiling. And the guy, his name was Ben, I remember, because I like that name. And he is way bigger than the terrorist. Yeah, that's a situation where you could take it. You could probably save the plane. Absolutely. He had the right mindset. Like, either look, two things are going to happen. Either way. Yeah, I'm going to die, and no one sees this picture. Or I live, and everyone sees the picture, and it's funny. Yeah. I like it. How's your depression, Nate? Are you actively trying to kill yourself? No, I'm not. Uh, not actively or passively. Well, <laughs> no, I'm good. I uh... did another phenomenal uh, video editing. Oh yeah, I did that Monday night after our show. I wasn't sure I was going to get to that this week, but you're turning into a like something. You're getting kind of scary with how good it is because some guy on Twitter asked for an automated GIF of me pretending. To make the motorcycle sound, and like ten minutes later, you had it out. You're like Walt Disney. You know, my my roommate gave me a big hard drive, so I save all my video files. So all I have to do is uh, click, 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 find it on my click, little click, hard click. drive. And Nate Disney. And so this is where here's a little tip. I don't give out tips a lot because I don't <laughs> like to do that. Here's a tip. It's actually not uh, true. You give out tips all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to be humble. I okay. set you up there to look really good, Nathaniel. And mm-hmm. then you said, no, I just clicked on it. Like, you're like those women that say, oh, my God, that like that dress looks so nice. It's like, oh, I got it on sale. So don't don't. I do that. Uh, yeah, I, I can't not. I think if you if anyone listening back to the podcast is paying attention, basically, anytime I get a compliment, I like to immediately uh, move it back 
send it around. I'm rubber, you're glue. No, you're great. Yep. Uh, you're the best. <laughs> Me and Kate aren't like that. No, I like to receive compliments because they feel good. Like, But it's very vulnerable. It's really hard for people to accept compliments because it is too vulnerable for them. I gave you a compliment before we started. I said, I really enjoy your glasses, Catherine. And then I made fun of myself. Exactly. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah, good point. I'm not as cool as I think. We should also mention that we're doing a rare morning recording. Uh, and so I just woke up and I hadn't said anything to anyone all day. And so while I was waiting for you to get online, I was uh, warming up my voice by singing Shakira. Would you guys like to hear me, yes. my impression of Shakira? Of Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> oh, baby, when you talk like that. <laughs> I'm mad at it because I can tell it's you, but if you didn't preface it with your description, I would know that's Shakira. Absolutely. And that's how, that's how I warmed up my voice. Oh, brother, would you talk like that? Yeah, yeah. I see it. I don't, that voice kind of grates on me, that song. She's, I kind of like no, it because it's too. weird. No, I do too. It's kind of like smelling sour milk. It's like. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Salt and vinegar yeah. chips. <laughs> that's fun. How are you doing, Kate? Oh, I'm good. I'm just plugging along. And uh, I have a, I think I've talked to you guys about this, but maybe not on the podcast, but I have a business coach. And uh, my business coach has asked me to be more online, <laughs> which is absurd. But <laughs> I have to release uh, content for my uh, psychotherapy private practice online three days a week. So. Uh, if you guys like mental health content, make sure that you're following me on Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok. I'm on TikTok at Waldo Psychotherapy. We're not even on TikTok. Ooh. We're going to be. I'm making all these videos to eventually put on there. So this has nothing. This is all like non-funny, serious mental health stuff. So I know that's not what we do on here, but if you're interested in that, please feel free to follow me on. Also, I'm on Facebook, Waldo Psychotherapy on Facebook. So holler at your girl. Let's all feel better together. Get your brain good. Hell yeah, man. It's important. Get your brain. That's a good slogan. Get your brain good. Get your brain good. It's an ongoing process, though. It's not your brain is not bad. Your brain is not good. It's just we all don't be giving it away for free. Don't be giving it away for free. Oh, I'm not. Make him pay. Or or you got to learn to do cliffhangers. You got to be like, now there is one rule that everybody needs to follow if you want to have a good life. And that rule is available on TikTok. Oh, for sure. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. (laughs) Absolutely good. Your first TikTok is hate yourself? Well. (laughs) That is one of the, I mean, that's my bread and butter are people that don't like themselves. So. Well, that's why we all get along, yep, I guess. That's why we really uh, <laughs> lead the way here for the two of us. Uh, Let's talk about the movie we watched, though. Oh, we watched quite the film. Didn't we? Uh, you picked... Uh, the theme this month is November is for novels, and so you picked one of our most uh, novely guys, John Grisham. He's he's had quite a few novels made into movies, maybe more than anyone, honestly. Oh, yeah. A ton. I don't know. I would have to look that up. I should have looked that up. It's like him and Michael Crichton going at, going head head for head oh, for who yeah. got the most novels uh, <laughs> turned into movies. 
Um, we watched The Firm. Ooh. 1993. Tom Cruise, Gene Hackman, Gene Triplehorn. Is that is her name Gene or how do you guys say G Gianni? I was saying Gene Triplehorn. I think I thought it was Gene. So we got two genes in this movie. There's actually a ton of stars in this movie, but before we get into all the great acting and uh great parts, why don't Kate, why don't you tell us what happened in this movie? Well, because I chose it, I would prefer if one of you told us the plot of the firm. Okay. I always make Brent do it. Do you want me to try? I would uh, whatever, love whatever you do want to do, bud. I would love Nate too, because I like how he gets real specific at the beginning. Yeah, and there's a lot of specifics in this movie. It's a two and a half hour movie, so this might be the longest podcast episode we've ever <laughs> <Yeah>. done. <laughs> so everybody grab a drink while I get ready here. The Firm is a movie about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a law student at Harvard. Uh, he's about to graduate, and he's doing a bunch of interviews with law firms, and he gets an offer from a mysterious small law firm in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and they offer him more money than anybody, and they offer him a car and a house and all sorts of shit. And he goes down to Memphis with his young wife, and... They meet everybody at the firm, and the wife, his wife is like, this is weird. I don't think we should do this. But he kind of convinces her because it's, he's uh, he grew up poor, and he, this is the first time he's ever had access to money and power. And as he starts working for this new firm, he's... There's some weird shit starts going on, and some detectives uh, start following him around, and it's a little bit mysterious, and as the movie goes on, it comes out that there's been some mysterious deaths at this law firm, and he eventually learns that this firm is the big firm for the mob in Chicago, and... The FBI agents convince him to become uh, an informant for the FBI and steal some documents from this firm. And he basically is going to, he won't be able to be a lawyer after he does this because he will have broken client attorney privilege. Uh, so he figures out a, a secret scheme where he's going to, he's going to, get the firm and he's gonna uh, do some tax or he's gonna catch them on tax evasion and also not get disbarred and they do a big caper and his wife has to seduce Gene Hackman for some reason <laughs> and uh, in the end they do their scam and he gets his brother out of jail oh yeah his brother's in jail he gets his brother out of jail and if the guys at the firm get arrested. The end. Very good. Very good. You didn't Very panic good. once. I forgot that he had an affair. He, he cheated on his wife, and that's a big part of it, where she's pretty grumpy about that. Here's the thing, though. He didn't... I. He was coerced and manipulated into cheating. Mm-hmm. They... They create... Don't you think they created that scenario in which that woman was being assaulted? To, like, make yeah, him the, the hero. Gene Hackman told her. Yeah, at the end of the movie, Gene Hackman's like, just so you know, like, we set that up. Okay, yeah. 
which okay. is a really interesting like Gene Gene Hackman's character is so interesting in this movie because I have this um, like preconceived notion of Gene Hackman as just always a bad guy and the most baddest bad guy. He's just mm. nefarious and everything. So this whole movie, I was kind of waiting him for him to turn like violent or super crazy and. It kind of has an interesting ending where you see Gene Hackman as kind of this like emotionally fragile sort of pathetic dude. And he's he actually lets Tom Cruise's wife leave uh, after she steals his documents without like getting her in any trouble. Like he sort of has a good guy turn at the very end of the movie and I thought that was really fucking interesting I didn't see that coming at all yeah and then he kills himself right or is he murdered it could be either it might be that he's because he did look very upset when she left and we saw him for the last time and then they sort of mentioned later that he was he was found dead in his bathtub so he could have killed himself being like ah they're gonna kill me so I'm just gonna do it myself or they might have murdered him and just left him in the tub I think it could be either one I took it as he faked his own death. Oh. oh. Setting up the firm, too, but that never happened. Oh. <laughs> the firm, too. Firm the firmer. The firmer. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's oh, good. there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. <laughs> took him longer than I thought. So why don't we uh, talk about some of our favorite parts of the firm? Oh, Yeah, okay. let's do it. Go ahead, Big Dog. Yeah, Big Dog's first note is um, that when he was doing the interviews and the Memphis uh, interview happened and the lawyer says, describe when you're tongue-tied with your wife, pervert, new right away, you gotta leave that room. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> big red flag. Like, fuck, no, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, you're we gross. just met. Don't ask about what anything with my wife keep my wife's name out your <laughs> fucking mouth <laughs> was that what will smith said yeah yeah oh my goodness and i would love to be i would love for people to bid on my services oh my god oh it'd feel great oh i would be unbearable <laughs> plus he was making like almost a hundred grand he was saying that's 1993 money so that's probably like Fucking two hundred grand a year, like he for was sure making money, dude. And that's not even including bonuses. So, like, if you bring in you bring in uh, clients or you're billing over, then cash money. He had a set of balls on him to go after that um, mob boss uh, client, though. Hey, where they they go to the Cayman Islands first, and the guy's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Are you my lawyer?" And Tom Cruise, like the new junior lawyer at the firm, is like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm your lawyer, and here's what you're going to do, dum-dum. Right? I think he had so much balls, but he was also in a position of not winning, no matter what he would do. Like, he, I don't know. It was the overbilling, and I really didn't like the FBI agent, because he was just as dirty as the people he was trying to incarcerate mm -hmm. by blackmailing him and blackmailing his wife and his brother. Like, I have a take about that. Did not paint the FBI in a positive light, I will say. This take will probably make a lot of people upset. Here and it comes. <laughs> it will brace yourselves. I do understand why it would make people upset for the way I'm going to 
word it and the adjectives I'm going to use. But before we get that, 204,000. That's how much inflation. Woo! Holy fuck. He'd be making bank. Um, any job that requires you to wear a suit and tie is a job that is crooked. Mm. Mm. Think about it now. I know people are going to say, oh, think about it. You make yourself look presentable and the best in quotation marks because you're actually the worst. Uh, yeah, I like this. And even though most of our uh, listener base is high-powered industrialists and mm-hmm. they're going to be really offended by you saying that, I'm going to stand with you. And I think the truth is more important than pandering to our audience. You have to. And not saying that people that do the jobs are bad, but it's n- like a kind of thing like it's known that you have to wear your best because the work we're doing is kind of shitty. Think about it. Name a profession that involves a suit. Superintendent of schools. What's more crooked than the education system? Good. Got him. Got his ass. Name another one. Uh, uh, Insurance adjuster. Oh, there's a reason insurance, the most popular word after insurance is fraud. Mm. Do they wear suit and ties? Insurance adjusters? They better. Okay. You buy an insurance from a guy in sweats? Uh, You know who wears suits and ties? Uh, White collar criminals. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because anything that you have to make yourself look so good for, why? Why are we putting on airs right now? And I want to reiterate, the person is not bad. It's the position that the person's in is bad. I disagree with this, but I absolutely kind of also agree. Because okay. most crime is committed by white men, and that is the white man uniform. So Suits are bad news. If you see a suit, it's bad news. I don't want to really want to push back on this because I'm kind of agree with you. I'm pretty suspicious of anybody in a suit. Has there ever been a social situation, Catherine, where you're talking, you're in your normal clothes to a person, mainly a man, in a suit, and you feel comfortable? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah I thought you were. I, I thought so too. Because yeah, lots of times, probably a million times, million no. million times. Not me. <laughs> Like why you got to get a suit on? Why do you got? Why do you have to put all these clothes on to do something to do work? Like there's a lot of suspenders in this movie, like a lot of different kinds of suspenders. Kind of made me want to be a suspender guy, to be honest. Kind of made me want to be a suspender guy too. I'm not gonna lie. That's what you do. You guys can just keep gaining weight so your bellies get really big and round, mm-hmm. and then you can't wear belts. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Then it's like suspender by necessity. And then you have those short. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. You, <laughs> you have Uh-oh. those short pants on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got the and they're pulled up really on. high. They're pulled up super duper high. So like half of your tie is below your belt line. Like that Rudy Giuliani golf pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, was that real? Picture. I know it wasn't. But... I think it was. I, I think that's think the way was. they dress. He looks like the penguin. No, the penguin looked better, to be honest with you. <laughs> the like Danny the DeVito looked... penguin. Yeah, Danny DeVito penguin. Looked Oswald Colpot looked dapper at least. Oh, that's um, the kind of lawyer we want is dressed like the penguin. Yeah, I want him either dressed <laughs> like uh, uh, Vinny or the penguin. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that like this, this is not a regular thing for them. They don't usually want. They don't want to wear a suit, but they have to in the situation because it's the code to wear a suit, look professional while we fuck you over. 
Um, he didn't have to do the flips next to the kid in the road. Oh, that was that he, was awesome. That's a young man. That's you know, you uh, he's in his early twenties. He just can't resist but being a hot dog when he gets the opportunity. But that kid was trying to make a living. Yeah, no, it's fair. I agree with you that he's distracting from the, from the kid's job. Like I don't come to your job and do a bunch of flips at the courtroom. Yeah, I don't walk in court and say. Objection, Your Honor. Yeah, exactly. So don't do the flip. So right there, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I like this guy. Also, Mm -hmm. do you think it was actually Tom Cruise doing the flips? Well, he does all his own stunts. That's what I'm asking. I believe that Tom Cruise, if he set his mind to it, absolutely could have done that. But I am going to guess that it wasn't Tom Cruise. Probably not. But if Um, you told me it was on the quiz, I believe you. (laughs) So I was up, I was on the fence about the whole Tom Cruise character. And then he Mitch. asked, his name's Mitch, Mitch McCree. Yeah. Um, I, then he asked his wife if she wanted to have eggs naked. And then I was like, I don't like this guy. I had a really, really hard time with their relationship and the character development of Mitch because Abby was just like saying it to him straight. She was the voice of reason in this film for the plot. And then he would completely abandon her for days and then come home and apologize and think that she's going to be fucking and ready to go to have sex. Mm-hmm. And it wow. happened multiple times. And it really irritated me because it's a male fantasy that like I can, I can behave in any way I want. And as long as I'm taking care of you, you need to be ready for me when I'm so desirous of you. I liked, what's this episode, what, 34, 36? 36. That's the first time someone used the word That's not true. Even Gary never said that. <laughs> Gary would never. <laughs> never. No, Gary Is has lubricated lit. better? Is that a no. better word? <laughs> no. no. Maybe we're just receptive. That, that's that'd probably be Amorous? <laughs> sure. That's just all that means is you untied the bow to the little box and I get to say it now. Can we just blur out the word? Can you just do it like when we when Brent is when we say Brent's nickname? <laughs> we make the audience guess that we're what word we're saying. We're actually when we say there's two words that we just don't ever play. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> But this is multi. He makes multiple references to eggs in this movie. Like she's getting ready to leave him. Yeah, and he's like, "I can whip out so some eggs." Awkward. Be, I'm like, "Motherfucker, no!" With the eggs, what is with you and eggs? It's the only thing he knows how to cook. I bet. No, actually, I I was gonna say I relate to this because that's that's a go to move for me. I know how to cook those. I can do that. Because <laughs> 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 so I've I have asked that question before. <laughs> I can whip up some eggs. You want some eggs? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I don't like it. I didn't. I did so. That's when I noticed I didn't like him. How long into the movie before you knew that Gene Hackman was kind of sketchy? I just assume the minute I see Gene Hackman, it's nothing but trouble. Like I made a me and my roommate were literally joking. Uh, I said I'm about to watch this movie. He said, "I said Gene Hackman's in it." He said, "Oh, Gene Hackman." I said, "He's probably a good guy." He said, "Oh, he said, yeah, he's probably definitely a good guy, not up to any bad stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, definitely," because Gene Hackman <laughs> just has a reputation in because he plays that guy. He he seems like he's a bit scary in real life. Like there's a element of Gene Hackman that doesn't seem like acting. That seems like he is kind of just big menacing. 
a little bit mean. Uh, so I was waiting for the, the shoe to drop the entire time. I'm like, this guy's yeah. evil. He's bad as fuck. Had you guys seen this before? No. Nope. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, that's I was at fun. The 36 minute mark when I realized, eh, he might be bad. Mm. Mm. Around the time when he was hitting on Tom Cruise's wife during the funeral of their oh. dead colleague. Yeah. Right. I was like, hmm, this guy's that was probably tough. not on the up and up. Yeah. That's one why of my first notes is leering Hackman because he was leering at her and it was uh, pretty intense. Yeah. There was a lot of staring in this film. Men staring, like the FBI agent staring and not having a facial expression. Gene Hackman. Mm. It's just very menacing. You're right. That's a good word to put on it. I and also, we before, of- we, before we get off of the funeral, though, I want to mention that um, if you notice the ladies' hairstyles, there was a very early 90s hairstyle for upper middle class women. And it's like all slicked back, but it has volume. And then you wear a bow, a very large bow in the back. Mm. And um, that I have, that is not something from the 90s that has come back in style. Not yet. No. You not thinking yet. about bringing it back? Well, if I don't know, I think We're it really some ages on you. It right now, when this it, episode comes out, that's true. We'll probably see it actually now that we're talking about it. But keep an eye out for that style, all slicked back, but like poofed, like with volume, but slick, and then a big bow in the back. All the suits, all the the clothes. I mean, this is this is a pure all the interior design, like so many trench coats. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> and and it's and it's it's like two for one. It's it's this early '90s aesthetic of every piece of clothing and every location, but also like kind of white rich mm-hmm. culture too. It's like very specific to like you used to see every house looks like the house the McAllisters live yep. in in Home Alone, right? Like yeah. it's just mm-hmm. that look of a uh, rich white person. So much Laura Ashley, like all those little girls when they were at the top of the Peabody having the firm party and they're all those little girls, I would bet you a million dollars that half of them are wearing Laura Ashley and half the boys are wearing Brooks Brothers or Lacoste. Like, mm. And there's still that vibe to this day. Like people are like into Vineyard Vines, that preppy money look. Oh, like, th- that's a vibe. Like when um, they go to the house of the other lawyer who works at the firm and, and their, and his friend has just been murdered and he's sitting in the backyard with the sprinkler spraying him while he sits in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't get that. I've never back- been that sad. <laughs> I've never been so sad that I let a sprinkler spray me. No, that's for never, sure. never. Uh, I guess we've never really known loss. Uh, no. maybe one well, day. Well, you're also, he's also terrified for his life. Mm-hmm. So I don't Still. think it's necessarily just sad. I'd rather be terrified my life in dry than terrified for my life in wet. But that backyard still looks exactly the same in 2023, ex- exactly 30 years yes. later. There's that backyard <laughs> has not changed one bit. You could go there today. I think the firm is, is a bunch of bullshit, not good at their job because had they not know his brother was in jail. Right. Wild. Gary Busey, so much cocaine. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Busey what an in this amazing- movie, man. 
Oh my god, wasn't he awesome? So good. <laughs> like the best of Busey. Like he's one of those guys that you understand why he's not in movies anymore. Like he's probably the most insane person to work with and he's gone fully off the deep end in the last 30 years, but what a screen presence. This guy is just something something special. And this is the height of his looks, too. Like yeah. he's not weird to look at. His like, teeth were like not as normal. big. Yeah. His eyes weren't as fucked up. Yeah, you're right. This was his this was his peak of looking good for Gary Busey. The best of Busey. Um the, I mean think about this scene. We have Gary Busey coked out of his fucking mind trying to be an actor. Holly Hunter in a worst wig ever underneath his desk. <laughs> so Tobin many wigs. Bell with the worst hair ever. Oh my god. That she didn't scream while that was happening is an act of God. How could you not make a noise? The FBI agent from Breaking Bad was there. I mean, what is that was the most the best scene in the whole movie. Okay, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they made him such a big deal about the house being bugged. We we bug our own houses now with cell phones mm. and Googles and Alexa. We made it yeah. easy for them. Yeah, she had an interesting reaction to that, which was just four hundred meter sprint. Yeah, I knew she wasn't. She couldn't keep that pace up. I knew that pace couldn't be kept up. And then Tom had his run. Do you see Tom run? Of course. He, he Tom Cruise ran. <laughs> it, it, it's a special part of a Tom Cruise movie. Is he's going to find a way to run, and he does it about six times in this legal thriller. Most running in any legal <laughs> thriller in the history of the world. The straightest runner in the world is Tom Cruise. He has his angles down. He his head. <laughs> His head doesn't float an inch. That thing is just hovering as he moves, man. <laughs> oh, no. And then he yells at her. Like, she yells at I don't know. Good gracious. There's one scene especially where he goes to, like, 11 so fast when she, well, yeah, she did get pretty deep on him. She's like, this is, they're talking about money. And he's like, it's so easy when you're rich to just hand wave being poor. And she says some crazy shit like, you know, this is about your father or and your brother being in jail. And she's being very calm. And then he just goes to 11. He's like, bah, 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 bah. can't talk about a man's dad in front of him when he's angry. <laughs> no, no, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I slipped into, I thought I was watching Cocktail during the whole time oh, you're in the Cayman sure. Islands. Absolutely. Like, this is just deleted scenes from Cocktail, which was fine. He mm -hmm. looks great in a silk shirt. Actually, I would argue most men probably look great in a silk shirt and nice denim pants. Oh, Gene Hackman had this silk, like, really baggy shirt on. I'm like, that's what I... I wish we could go back to that. I missed it on that. Oh, me and you will get there. We just got a few more years, man. We'll get there. My Gene Hackman <laughs> years. I can't wait. Did you guys notice the rich people phones they had? The lawyers? Those black phones with the, the big earpiece and the tiny little mouthpiece? That's on mm. every rich white person's 90s movie. Yeah, it was a really small mouthpiece. Yeah. That's what I look like as I'm doing the podcast. With your dainty little mouthpiece? <laughs> I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I meant it just as words. I swear. I know. I, 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 hear, I, I took it the way it was offered. Good. Well, this got awkward quick. Yeah. And I'm going to sit back and stoke the flames. Speaking of awkward. Mean? Speaking of awkward. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 he goes to his big first party in Memphis, and it's like the fancy party on the roof. And they're serving ribs. 
so many racks of ribs. Like that seems like a wild thing to to have to do in front of the people you're trying to impress. Oh my like, god, everybody's eating ribs. No, if you can't throw down ribs, if you can't do that, then I don't want to hire you. That's that was one of the tests. Like if he got too, if his face got too dirty, like mine would have, they would have fired him. As a yeah, as people with beards, we're gonna get sauce in the beard. Yeah. Now, are you gonna wipe the sauce out every time, or are we just gonna do one wipe at the end? Yeah. Well, you don't get to have a beard in the early '90s and working wearing a suit to work. That's there very... was there was one crooked lawyer with the beard. He was older, but you got to be a partner though. Yeah, you got to get mm. partner before you can grow a beard. I wanted to discuss um, when he cheated on Abby. And what the sex worker was saying to them, they got so intimate and so quickly. And it was so like, they didn't even know each other's names. And she said, how much would it take to feel safe? Will you stay with me for a while? Like, those are the two things. Like how I have, if I, I could never be that sexy. I could never be that (laughs) sexy. That is just not inside of me. That, that woman was the sexiest woman. No. I don't I just wanted to make that comment. <laughs> no, I it was very cringe for me. If I gave a woman a shitty ace bandage wrap from <laughs> And who shirt did he rip? I'd be if like someone yeah. put their laundry out. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Anyway, yeah. he did that and then she sucked on his finger. I'm like, uh-huh. It was one of the wildest adultery scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Like she is an she is a pro. That woman is a pro. Yeah, like they brought her in to the island. Yes. That's not a local. Oh, she's a ringer. Yeah. yeah that, that's a, they flew her in from Louisiana. Like she is getting paid more than maybe other women for those services. Oh, be- not And not just for the sex aspect, but like to be able to speak like that and have those moves. And then you, but she's like, like so gorgeous. So maybe you could just like say whatever if you're that beautiful. I feel like I could do it. You think you could seduce Tom Cruise? I think I could seduce any. Let's do a let's do a role play reenactment. Okay. Okay. No, let's not. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> you and Nate. That through, right? You and Nate. Yeah, was, yeah, I was gonna say I can't do it with Kate, so me and Nate. But no, let's yeah. not do that. It's because you no, can't actually can't. do it. It's because you no, don't even try. Listen, what do you think you're talking to with that bullshit? I invented that way of manipulation. (laughs) Don't try to do that to me. I know I can do it. Doth protests too much. No, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. I can't mentally. I can't do that right now. Yeah, it's eleven. It's eleven in the morning here. Yeah, it was three (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon here. But we said, I just talked about eating nine chicken fingers two days ago. I can't be doing seducing my podcast partner. No, I won't. (laughs) Because if I'm too good at it, it's going to make me worse. No, I can't. If you're too good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have a quiz. Is there anything else we want to mention about this? Um, I have two things that really bothered me. Um, When she, when the wife, Abby, flew down to seduce and poison Gene Hackman, she was the most awkward poisoning ever. Mm-hmm. She fumbled mm-hmm. and looked around three times and like so she obvious. acted like her arms were broken. She and did. then <laughs> and then I thought she poisoned herself when she was doing it. That's I was like, uh oh. I honestly like, thought he poisoned like a gremlin. Like I, yeah, like I thought he poisoned her 
and it was kicking in as she was trying to poison him. That's how awkward <laughs> That's she was how, with it. How uh, uh, uncoordinated her limbs were. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but this is where I hate my brain because I saw this scene at the next 20 minutes. All I thought about was it when the brother got out, got on the bus and they stopped at the diner. He ordered um, the steak with three eggs and whatever. And then he went to the bathroom to escape. And then it showed the FBI agent glancing over at where he was supposed to be sitting and it showed his meal. Did you guys see the size of the steak? Huge. Huge. Biggest Huge. steak I've ever seen. Like it looked like a 72 big Texan like cha- food challenge steak. And then all I could think of it was the steak for the next 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I wrote <laughs> down hell, hell of a diner order. Oh, <laughs> probably cost him $4.50. For sure. That was like a cartoon steak that you throw a guard dog at a junkyard to distract him. <laughs> <laughs> like true. the Fred Flintstones thing that she put on the side of the. That was huge. I never understood what that was. Big ribs. Rack of ribs, dinosaur ribs. Oh. I wrote down there's the, the the two things that I thought were really funny was when he's trying to run away from the firm at the end of the movie and security is chasing him. And so he goes into that guy's office and then it's kind of funny because the guy's like, hey, how's it going? Need a hand with anything? And he just throws a chair through his window like that's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then outside the window there's a cotton truck for him to jump onto right. and it's just a truck full of cotton. I knew I knew that truck they, there was multiple like scenes with that truck in it getting the guy getting yelled at about that truck yeah so I knew something good was gonna happen yeah uh, I thought um, that, that was really funny and I here's the thing here's the like thing if he is trying like he has firsthand knowledge of how devious these lawyers are and how like shady this world is why would he want to continue doing it? I don't think he wanted to work for them. No, but I, he we said he didn't want to get disbarred. It's an important part of this, um, of John Grissom stories is that the lawyers, they love the law. They don't like police. They don't like judges, uh, but they all, they all believe in the law because that's what all John Grissom books are about, is about how fucking sick it is to be a lawyer and to do lawyer shit. It doesn't look very sick to be a lawyer. <laughs> and to me, it doesn't. Like sick meaning cool? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, isn't, it, isn't it cool how... Because that is kind of how the movie the ends. Rad, so I oh, I used the word rad. Oh, I should have used it rad. I should have used rad. Sorry. Rad to be a lawyer. Because <laughs> uh, that's kind of how the movie ends, where he's like, he doesn't really help the police, and he doesn't help the evil lawyers. And he goes out on his own. And he wins by being a good lawyer to the mob. He's like the, yeah. the heroic <laughs> thing to do here is to be a good lawyer for the mob. <laughs> like <laughs> I will not, I will not rue my oath. Yeah. <laughs> um. He, there's this part where uh, Holly Hunter is helping him, and they're like stealing the documents, and she's on the phone with him, and he's like, "Well, how much? What are the amounts?" She's like, there's no amounts on the paper. And then his his advice, he just yells into the phone, just look at the paper, Tammy. <laughs> I know. That didn't make any sense. Like, no, a, it does make sense. <laughs> because to works. me, I, I, yeah, it does make sense. Because she's looking for numbers. 
And she's like, they're not here. He's like, he knows there's something there. Like, just, just look, look, look around. <laughs> because it's frustrating to him because he wants to be the one holding the papers and looking at it. Yeah. But he's got this <laughs> this one with the most ridiculously long cigarette. He knows that she's got this big, long cigarette mm-hmm. hanging out of her mouth. Yeah. And she looks ridiculous. She does. And he's she like, just, the entire movie. And they're the longest cigarettes I've ever seen yeah. in my life. This is probably just the same cigarette every scene. <laughs> she probably lit one up at the very first scene. It was so just long kept that going. she kept on smoking. And then it's not, she didn't, yeah, just one cigarette. Uh, well, do you have a uh, quiz? Is it, do you have anything else, Brent, you want to add? No, I'm done. Well, do you have a quiz, Kate? <laughs> I sure do. Well, let's do a quiz. Welcome to the official The Firm quiz. We will be using classic Brent rules, and there are seven questions. Are you guys ready? I am ready. Ready, Your Honor. Number one, what is the name of Mitch and Abby's dog? Objection, hearsay, continuance, deposition. This is not a real question, right? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely real. Oh, my God. And I'll have Brent go first, because Nate went first last week. Uh, hearsay? Yeah, that's hearsay. Yeah, I'm going hearsay. We only heard them say it once, and the dog's name is hearsay. Yes. yes. That's horrible. That's wrong. But that's, yeah. that, Listen, I don't like people that the whole their job becomes their whole identity. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like if I named my dog Liquor, yeah. Or yeah. I named like my dog Plasma, <laughs> <laughs> and I named my dog Freud. <laughs> That'd be kind of a good name for that a dog. That is a good actually. name for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number two, what year did the firm lawyer Alice Krauss die? Mm. We saw this on her painting. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. 1985, 1988, 1986, 1987. I'm going to guess 1988. I'm going to say 1985. This is annihilated. Whoa! No! Correct answer is 1988. Oh my god, why do I suck at these quizzes? Objection! Objection! Hearsay! (laughs) Number three. Memphis-style barbecue is known for mostly using pork, Dry rubs, vinegar-based wet sauce, mostly using beef. Vinegar-based wet sauce. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing, because during that rib scene, there's like literally an entire giant steel bowl full of barbecue sauce, and I just feel like that's that's got to be something. The correct answer is mostly using pork. Oh. I knew. I stand between that or pork, because they do I'll, whole hog. If I had not done this quiz i would have also chosen vinegar-based wet sauce but actually it's more dry rubs and pork Mm. Uh, number four when holly hunter first moved to new york her roommate was which famous actress francis mcdormand marcia gray marcia gay harden annette benning michelle pfeiffer i'm gonna say francis mcdormand I'm going to say Marsha Gay Harding. This is annihilated. Whoa! No! Nate pulls ahead. It was Francis McDormand. Oh, they're not 
No. Number five. How many islands are there in the Cayman Islands? One, two, three, or four? Good question, Kate. Uh, three. Yeah, that was the number that I was thinking, too. I'm going three. You guys are right. Yes. There are three islands in the Cayman Islands. It's also very expensive to travel there. Is it? It's like, it's, it's a wealthy area, so things are more expensive. It's not like other Caribbean islands. Mm. Oh, man, I want to, that would be so nice right now. Big silk shirt, some nice khakis on. Why don't we do that? Let's all meet in the Caribbean. Hell yeah. I'd love to okay. go to a Caribbean location. Oh my God. Let's do it. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> One of the main differences between the movie and the book was the fact that Mitch receives a Mercedes Benz instead of a BMW. Which model of Mercedes Benz did he receive in the movie? The 300 CE, the 300 SE, the E500, or the W124? What was the, uh, uh, was there one with SE? Yes, there's a 300 SE. I'll go 300 SE. <sighs> I know that's going to be the right answer, but I can't pick it because I need to pull ahead. So I'm going to say A. He's heating up! Brent, you're a genius. The right answer is 300 CE, which was A. Oh, oh. fuck yeah. Um, I still have a chance, right? Yeah, it's 431. Yeah. Fuck what yeah. What is it? Four to three to one. Okay. So, final question. Did I easily find a pornographic satire for the firm? Yes or no? <laughs> Did you easily find one? Mm -hmm. Did I easily find a pornographic satire for the firm? I hope so, yes. No. This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! No! The correct answer is no. I did not easily yes. find it. I didn't actually find it at all. You're not putting the right words in. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so I you did, didn't look. I did look, looked. but I, I, did, I did an easy search and I couldn't find it. So I could not easily find it. You didn't use the right words. I didn't okay. care if I found it. I could find it within one, within <laughs> five words, I could find it. <laughs> It'll autofill by the time Brent's yeah. I put the firm pornography satire. No, oh, that should do it. That's, yeah, uh, that's uh, the magic words right there. That would, yeah, that, that Brent's like, you read my mind. Uh, sustained. <laughs> sustained. <laughs> so congratulations, Nate, on winning Yay. the firm. Um... Well, why don't we give this movie some medals? All right. Who's getting the bronze? My bronze? Yeah. Is going to Mr. Wilfred Blimley. Brim blah, blah. for the win. <laughs> I fucked it up. My tongue, blah, blah, the teeth. Blah, blah, blah. My, the tongue didn't make it over the teeth when I went to go brim. Um, brim. It's Wilf yeah, Wilfred Brimley. Mr. Oatmeal, Mr. Diabetes, <laughs> Mr. Life Insurance. That's how we grew up with them. But the man balled out in this movie. He was very good. Not the best. Not the best detective. But he was sassy, and I liked it. He was cocksure. Well, I'm not going to use that term. Well, it means, you know. Yeah, I he sure was <laughs> cock. 
Yeah, no. he's very sure of his cock. It means assertive, I feel like, or confident. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm giving my bronze to uh, the best of Busey. The, uh, Gary Busey gets my mm. bronze as Eddie Lomax, the private investigator and former cellmate of Ray McDeer, mm-hmm. Mitch's brother. I like it. I like it. There's There are actually a ton of great performances in this movie. There's a lot of great actors. Uh, I really like Busey, too. Um, I gave my bronze to Mean Gene Hackman. I thought uh, he is a... V- He's a pretty compelling actor, and he's a big, menacing guy. But in this movie, he has uh, some complexity as well, and he plays it pretty good. And it is believable in the end once I got over him. Once I was like accepted that he's not a hundred percent a bad guy, so I'm yeah, bronze medal for Mean Gene. As Avery Tolar, Mitch's mentor at the firm. Hmm. Um. <laughs> my silver. Is going out to Double H. Hall Hallbrook? Nope. <laughs> Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Oh, there's two Double H's. Yeah. Holly Hunter was was very enjoyable in this movie. She yeah. was a great character that I enjoyed. Yeah. Kind of the hero of the movie. If you think about uh, it. If you think about For it. Sure. Well, besides Mr. Mulholland, I think that was his name, he pointed out the, the billing issue to Tom Cruise's character. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the hero. But the wheel got in motion because of Holly Hunter. Terrible wig, terrible dancing at the start. Then I realized it was Holly Hunter. She was part of my favorite scene. And then she got to go with the ex-convict brother in with the hundred with the quarter three quarters of a mil. That scene was that scene was so hot when uh he's on the boat and she's like standing on the dock and he's like, I like your crooked little mouth. And she goes, yeah. like, it's, it's not even my best feature. I'm like, hell yeah, Holly Ooh! Hunter, that would work on me. Yeah, what's <laughs> your best see? So I would have said I would have said that if we had to do the role play. That's what it kind of would have sounded like. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, tell me specifically. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. That's <laughs> no. it. That's the scene. It's you're not you're acting, Brent. You're acting. No, I'm not. I can't mentally I can't. It's not, it's not even my it's not even my nicest feature no okay. no nate i will be um i'll be ray and you, can be, and you can be holly okay nate okay 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 i like your crooked little mouth it's not even my nicest feature <laughs> you kate sounded more like holly hunter than nate did i have been told that i sound like holly hunter before when i was in college someone told me that I, talk, I try to talk like Elvis and it turns into Holly Hunter. Oh my God, you sound exact <laughs> like Holly Hunter. Uh, who did you give yours to? Did I give one to You mine? have to give your silver, Kate. I'm going to give my silver to Ed Harris because he is the worst and I hated him and I was supposed to and he was dislikable but also very good at that. So I didn't like that. If he, Ed Harris had kept his hair for this role, he would have got a medal, but I didn't like him bald. Oh, I think that makes them more um, menacing. No, didn't like it. Uh, I gave my silver to Gene Triplehorn. I thought, especially Tom Cruise is doing way too much during a lot of parts of this movie. And it's really obvious when they're doing scenes together and she's being a normal person and he is turned to fucking 14. Yeah. Uh, so I thought she was great. Actually, I, 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 this is the first movie that I think I've seen her in, or at least that I recognize her from, and she was great. 
Who gets your gold, Brent? My gold is going to Mr. Gene Hackman. Mean Gene. The Hackman. He did such a good job that I didn't know if he was bad or good until 36 minutes. I still don't know if he's bad or good. I don't know if he just fell into the lifestyle. <laughs> if he's both? still alive somewhere. He's both. I don't know if he, he's dead in the pool or he's dead in his bathtub or a lot. I don't know anything about him now. So he did a good job. Um, my gold goes to Nate Silver, Gene Triplehorn as Abby. I thought the character was interesting, and uh, I think she did a good job of playing a wife. I know that sounds bad, but she's a side character, but is integral to the plot. So, also, she was so anxious. She played anxious well, even though it was like very stilted and awkward. But like she really did not want to be with Gene Hackman's character. No, she was very she uncomfortable. Was just doing that because she loves her husband, even though he had cheated. Like it's a good story of like partnership and like really, yeah. Anyway, she gets my my gold. Uh, I gave my gold to the obvious uh, star of this movie. Uh, the champion Wilford Brimley, Brim for the win. Uh, <laughs> he was, I was, was going to be in the medals for sure. And then there's one part of the movie where he goes, "Not just screwing, Mitch. But the kind of intimate acts, oral and whatnot, that could be particularly hard for a trusting young wife to forgive and impossible to forget." <laughs> yeah, so funny. And I was like, gold medal immediate gold medal i want to make like uh there's this modern kind of video where young people will like make cuts of uh like the guy from succession to modern music where they're making him yeah. look like so cool and i'm like someone needs to do this with wilford brimley in this movie where he's Hell just yeah. like getting into the car to some like new modern music like that might be a project for me this week <laughs> and the dark glasses. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just rose-colored glasses. I loved it. So we should do our... our ratings. Uh, ratings. The script for this movie. How did you guys feel about the script for this movie? Here's my thing. I really liked the concept, but with every John Grisham book I've read, I I get so bored by the detail of the law, and I feel like it was a missed opportunity about how he discovered that they were crooked with the overbilling issue. To me, that doesn't seem like a big thing, um, and I feel like it could have been better. So I give it an eight. Mm. What do you think, Nate? Um, I think there's 20 minutes too much in this movie. Like, I think at about the hour mark, I like realized that I was only an hour in and I felt like mm, we should be further along at this point in the movie. Uh, and the story is very convoluted, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with Brent. I think eight is, a, is right around the right score. It's, it's not like a bad script in any way. 
And no. there's no like lines that don't make any fucking sense at all. But this movie seems like it's carried way more by performance than by script for sure. Everyone's acting real good. So mm. yeah, eight. I like eight there. You guys have convinced me. I'm going to give it a nine. uh the art direction in this movie this props the sets the costumes what did you guys think of the art direction it suffers from its time period (gasps) no no i'm giving it a 10 because it's absolutely 90s and i love every moment of it because that's the 90s i remember minus the money yeah and that's true that kind of swayed me so maybe I can't, I can't, no, I can't give it a bad score because it grew up in, I'm comp- thinking, I'm comparing it to the Bean movie mm-hmm. where Ew. that was the nineties that we didn't like. No, we did this not was like that. That was the nineties that we actually grew up in. We knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> this is more cool nineties with the cool cocktail shirts and uh, I'm gonna shirts. Give it, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. I'm going to I'm going to round out the sequence and I'm going to do an 8 cuz I think the costumes are all fine and the props are all fine. It gets an extra point cuz there is a model ship in this movie at the museum. <laughs> they got a tiny mm-hmm. little scale model of a ship, so that's yeah. that helps. Steam steamship. S- steamship. So yeah, it's a couple cogs in that thing. Mud Island. <laughs> Mississippi. I mean, uh, okay. I re- I respect it. Now here, this will be an interesting one. The music in this movie. What did you guys think of the music in this movie? I loved the music. I liked the blues mix that they used as a background for not the action, but like, I mean, even the action had like piano blues. Lots of jazz piano. I love jazz piano all the time, though. It gets a 10 for me, even though there are no bangers. There are no bangers, so it can't get a 10. That's automatically. But you know what? This gets a fucking six. Oh! This, well, it was, I found the music so bad, it was <gasps> distracting to the movie. Oh, no! I'm with Brant on this. It was very distracting. I was very upset about it. Like, that, like I, obviously, I wasn't upset, but it did bother me. The music bothered me. It was very I was distracting. Literally, I was literally like, I need to see if they have the soundtrack. I could just. <laughs> no, no, I, don't I, do that to Nick. Don't do that to Nick. <laughs> don't. Uh, it's bad music. Where I will disagree with you is there is one banger in this movie, but you have to be listening closely. And that's when they first uh, go to the Cayman Islands. There's this like steel drum song playing, and when they're at the pool, and it's fucking, it's a banger. It's a, a absolute banger. I but know that. With, I, I know. I heard the steel drum, but that made me mad because it's like, oh, this is how you know you're in the Caribbean now. It's yeah, a steel drum. Yeah. <laughs> but I was bopping. I was bopping my head to it. But uh, I found the piano really distracting. I'm with Brent. Yep. Where every time it happened, it like I found it a little bit jarring. So I'm going to go. You're in Memphis. Um, yeah, that's also a good exactly. point. But Elvis, you could have been, it could have been no, so much it's better. More, well, that's why Elvis is from there. Cause he was, he learned the blues there. That's no, yeah, you guys. I don't mind the blues, but this jazzy piano. That's fine. What did you give no, it? Nate? I, I gave it a seven. Ugh. Uh, I gotta look up I, the theme. I'm not taking it personally. You, you can't. 
It's one of the most important <laughs> things is you just can't. <laughs> Kate asks, asks like she was playing the piano for the movie. I was a member of the band that recorded the soundtrack. This is, it's a 1993 American legal thriller. That's all, that's all they need is legal and thriller. And for me, it's, it hits that pretty good. I'm going to give it a nine. It's no uh, Pelican brief, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I give it, it was an American legal thriller, but I feel like it was too inside baseball for legal stuff. So eight. So as you guys know, I went to law school for six weeks and this movie was the big reason why I think I wanted to be a lawyer because mm. I think that shit is interesting. And so sure. I'm giving it a 10. <laughs> Listen, if it, ex- if, if, if a movie makes you make life choices good or bad that's a powerful film what it's not like if i wouldn't have seen it i wouldn't have gone to law school but like i think it had a big impact on me like because to me that's interesting like that there is a i don't know i kind of fed into the grisham idea that like, like i hope i get murdered in the cave <laughs> you can use it as for good you can use it as a sword and a shield anyway well, if you had a friend who was into American legal thrillers on yeah. a scale of one to ten, would you, how much would you recommend this movie to them? I would recommend it so much that if they hadn't seen it, I would not say that they are fans of that genre. Oh, damn. So that's got to be a ten on for you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It was too inside baseball, like I said before, about the legal stuff. There was no courtroom stuff. I mean, my cousin Vinny was more legal than this. No, but that's re- this was like real law, like the courtroom Big shit. Law. Really? Okay, this yeah, was street law. Yeah, yeah, this is behind the scenes law. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right on that. So I'm going to give it uh, a nine. Good, good call, Kate. Good, good objection. Yeah, Kate I really tried to defend. Yeah, the movie guess what, I counselor? Yeah, you, I love you convinced it. me too, counselor. Even though I got off on the wrong heel because I. Uh, I consider myself a fan of American uh, legal thrillers, and I'd never seen this, so I felt personally called out when you said that maybe we're not fans. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. I liked. Yeah. Ah, I remember how I worded it now. If the person never saw the, or the person read the book, oh, would you recommend the movie? If the person read the uh, book, would you recommend it? I'm still going to go nine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because you're you're personifying characters that you really liked, and I'm sure the book and did the a cast. better job. And the, just even if it was dog shit, like the acting is so interesting and fun to watch, and like Gary Busey, Holly Hunter. Yeah, you know, the performances uh, are really great. Wilford There's Brimley, <laughs> Brimster. This movie gets a forty-three point three. I think that's oh, actually damn. pretty good considering how. Uh, much me and Brent didn't like the music and that really mm, took it yeah. down. It still held up pretty good. That is still better than um, where to go? Tenacious D, which is surprising. Very surprising. Well, I think Brent, there was, Brent was unconvinced. Bean still has, is undefeated. <laughs> let's, and let's hope it remains. So, <laughs> Like, <laughs> uh, at a 28.2. <laughs>
Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> think about how lenient we are, we are with our scores. <laughs> yeah. Lad. Like I was about to, I was about to give like the last category a seven and Kate's like, well, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Nine. <laughs> but Bean. Bean really shit the bed. <laughs> no one was defending it. No. Well, I did. I, I defended Mr. Bean. You did your best. Movie, though. Yeah, you did your best. I think you said Mr. Bean deserved an Oscar that year. I'm pretty sure. He did. You did. You <laughs> did, did. Yeah, he did, because he was an excellent oh. at what he did. It wasn't good, but he's excellent at <laughs> oh, what he did. Oh, my God. Okay, we still have one last thing left to do, and that's pick a movie for next week. And, Kate, you had an idea for what we should do. Uh, mm-hmm. So why don't you tell everybody what your great idea was? Well, I thought we, because we have two extra weeks, so I thought one of them could be uh, celebrating the holiday of the season for us Americans, which is Thanksgiving, and watch a Thanksgiving movie. And there's only one Thanksgiving movie that I know of, and that is Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I don't know. It's hard to remember what order they go in. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like automobiles planes then trains mm, not the way we do well it. i guess we'll find out next week on the thrilling conclusion of the north american friends movie club <laughs> oh no it's the last one let's uh that means all that's left to do is say good night kate <laughs> i gotta tell the reason why we're laughing is because we got into a like a conversation oh. about personal finances and oh. life and all that we forgot we were doing the podcast so yeah good night kate <laughs> oh my god good night kate seldom do two stars hit it off like john candy and steve martin in planes trains and automobiles gee it must be swell to be so perfect and odor free are you trying to start a fight during filming they were inseparable you get your own room there was professional courtesy what is your problem their collaboration was brilliant when we put our heads together we really got nowhere paramount's planes trains and automobiles now on video cassette see two comic geniuses working closely together how this show survived the beam debacle i have no idea